Welcome to the Stories of Light podcast. Are you searching for God-centered mentors in the network marketing industry? Are you striving for success or seeking to serve the kingdom? Do you want to build this business his way? You're in luck, friend. I'm Heather, and I'm excited to introduce you to some of the most successful God-centered leaders in the industry who are willing to share their wisdom and pour into you. Get excited for today's interview. Okay, guys, I am so thrilled to introduce you to my girl, Kelly Nordfelt. Kelly is my sister in our current company. We both work with a makeup company, which is kind of ironic when you hear a little bit of Kelly's story. I know that probably was always how she envisioned making not only an income, but an impact to others. But Kelly, I'm so excited to have you here, girl. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. I feel honored to be able to share my story and hopefully some people can find value from it. Oh, I have no doubt. No doubt, girl. Well, for those of you guys who might not know Kelly, it's really been so much fun to watch her soar because we joined around the same time, actually met her through a mastermind that one of our leaders put together with some of her emerging leaders. And I just remember feeling really drawn to her light. She had this very quiet kind of light. She would kind of sit back, but when she would speak, it was really powerful. So to watch her grow, and I can't wait for you to hear in her words a little bit of where she was at that point, and to watch her grow the last four plus years, not only in her business, she's reached the top point, what is it, point three, we figured out the other day, top 50 in the whole company, which is pretty freaking amazing. And how big is your team, Kelly? About 300. 300. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So she leads a team of over 300, which is just huge. But honestly, just watching her grow and rank and team and all of that stuff doesn't even compare to being able to watch you really just the mindset growth and going from kind of being a little bit stuck in and some of the negative things. But now she's sharing things so transparently and the impact and just the people who are reaching out by sharing a lot of the hard things that we'll talk about today is just amazing. So it's such an honor, Kelly, to be able to share some of your stories on this forum today. And I am so grateful. And I would love for you to just share with everybody, maybe a little bit more of the backstory of just your life growing up, where you're from, all that good stuff. So we can get to know Kelly before we dive into the deep stuff. Okay. Well, I grew up in a town called West Jordan. It's inside Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm the youngest of four girls. I had a pretty good childhood. My parents were great. We grew up in a faith-centered home. I was raised and I'm still a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But we definitely went through our fair share of trials as the youngest of four older sisters. Each one of my sisters experienced unique and their own different challenges and we were able to navigate those as a family. I was actually the first one in my family on either side for generations to go on to college mm. and get my bachelor's degree. I got a bachelor's degree in elementary and special ed. I didn't teach because I had a ba- my firstborn three weeks before I graduated college, which oh is in goodness. itself a pretty crazy story. But then My husband was still going to school. I supplemented our income by teaching piano, and I did that for 14 years off and on. And I have five children. 
I still get really bad. <laughs> I know. I have five children. I'll be 40 in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. I... Your birthday here, twinsies. <laughs> Happy early birthday. Oh, my gosh. I'm so thrilled to turn 40, to be honest. And uh, wait, my husband I and I... You? I think we get to be together. Are we going to be in... Um, Are you going Salt to Lake Sundance? Week? Yes, I am. So I turned 40 the day before. Oh, <gasps> well, we get to celebrate together at least a little bit. That's going to be so awesome. I'll bring a birthday treat for everybody. Don't you worry. Oh, well, we'll have to bring you a birthday treat. <laughs> Celebrate you. <laughs> oh, gosh, you're so sweet. I've been married. My anniversary is also this month. Been married 19 Aww. years. My oldest just graduated from high school. And my youngest is turning seven this month. So, wow. So there's a things going pretty on. big spread between your five kids, right? 18 to... 11 years between them. Is that right? Yes. It goes 18, 16, 13, 11, 7. Oh my gosh. Before you kind of found our company, you were a stay-at-home mama, right? You said doing the piano lessons, little things here and there, but really those five little nuggets have been your focus for a really long time until (laughs) discovered this platform. So tell me about that. How did you find Saint? How did you find our company? Okay. It's kind of interesting so we moved here to southern utah in 2014 2014 and my youngest was three months old and we came here and i was teaching piano down here there was a big need and i was actually traveling to people's homes and teaching at their house and i discovered i could do that and there was a need for that and people would pay me quite a bit more But I could not keep up with it because my kids were at home and the oldest was 11 and the youngest was a couple, six months old at the time. And I was only making a couple hundred dollars a month, but that couple hundred dollars made a huge difference for our family. But I had to let it go because that time in my life, my anxiety and my depression was getting pretty bad and it was so stressful to just leave and be gone and try to make sure that my kids were okay. And then I transitioned to, if you want piano lessons, you got to come to my house. Well, that didn't really work because my piano is like the heart of our home. And I have five kids running around and they're (laughs) supposed to, they're supposed to stay in the basement with their treats or whatever, but they always need mom. And I just told my husband, I cannot do this anymore. It was just too time consuming. I felt like my students weren't getting their money's worth. They need a piano teacher that is totally focused and gives them their full lesson time and not, hold on a second, I got to take care of something. Mm -hmm. It was a mess. And so I told my husband, I'll find something else that I can't do this. And he agreed and we made it work. We just adjusted our budget and we had been college students for years. And so we were really good at just living a life where we just pinched our pennies. And that was actually probably a year before I found Saint. And before I found Saint, my depression and anxiety had gotten to a level of almost, I remember reading to the kids at night, trying to put them to bed and I did not want to be there. I was crawling inside my skin. I wanted to just go to bed, just go to bed. 
and I was trying to be a good mom and I would hold it all in and then I would explode. And I remember I was driving down from Salt Lake to Southern Utah and we came over this pass that had a steep cliff off the side and a thought came into my mind, you should just drive off this cliff and end it. It would be so much better. And that thought came out of nowhere. It scared me to death and I drove straight home and I told my husband what had happened and I just cried and he said, let's get you some help. And the reason why I'd waited so long to get help is because there was the stigma of being on medication Mm. and my mom and my sisters were on medication for depression and anxiety. My husband at the time felt really strongly that medicine wasn't the answer and that we needed to exercise and eat healthy. But when I came to him and told him that he was like, okay, he became more open. I mean, flash forward to now he's totally open about it. And he actually takes meds himself. So we've gone gone a long road and learned a lot, but that was a huge blessing. And then a couple months later, I saw Sarah, both of our mentor doing a video and she was unwrapping eyeshadow from her hostess rewards. I knew nothing about makeup. I didn't really wear it. I wore mascara and eyeshadow. I know. Sarah, I do this contour stuff. I'm like, I'm not really interested in that. I just want some eyeshadows. So I sent her a message. I said, Sarah, what if I sent you some money and you just send me a couple of those eyeshadows? (laughs) (laughs) She was like, girl, let's host a class. And I was like, no, because I had vowed off direct sales or network marketing because I was burned four years previous. I joined something that was actually a pyramid scheme, but I didn't know anything about it. And I had all these hopes and dreams and got burned. And so I was like, I'm never doing that again. So saying wasn't even an option for me. So then I just kept watching her and she finally convinced me to host a class. (laughs) Sarah's persistent. That's for sure. She's amazing. It's always good. (laughs) I know. I had gone to a local artist here that one of Sarah's uplines at the time and she gave me a makeover and I was like, okay, I can sell. I have the personality. I can sell whatever. So I was like, okay, I think I can host a class and earn enough to get free eyeshadows. (laughs) So (laughs) give me some eyeshadows. (laughs) That's all I wanted. All I ever used was my little CoverGirl Shimmering Sands pack of three my whole life. I never branched out. I was like ready to try other colors. So I got on board to do a class. And at the time, signups were frozen. Remember when they used to freeze signups? I do remember that. Well, yep. And I had so much interest. Sarah did the math for me. And said, girl, you could get your camp money back from this party. And I talked to my husband and I was like, what do you think if I just bought the big kit, which is $400, which was a stretch for us. And I said, I know I can earn the money back with my first party. And I said, it would be really fun. And my husband knew I was looking for something to do inside the home. And he is my biggest cheerleader. And he said, oh yeah, you should totally do that. You'd be awesome. And I was actually really nervous to tell him because I thought he would tell me no. But yeah, he said, you would do awesome. You can do anything. And I was like, yeah, I can. And so my little champion, Kai, 
So I signed up that first month. I earned double my kit money. Oh my gosh. Wow. And Which is probably about the time we met. Do you remember that Zoom? I will never forget. You were on your bed and I just remember thinking, oh, she looks so cool. I almost remember because you were, you were so quiet. And I was like almost intimidated by you until I realized you're not at all intimidating. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is the sweetest so, people I've ever met. Gosh, that's so funny. I feel like the most intimidated person. And I would text Sarah and I'm like, why did you put me in this group with all these amazing people? <laughs> I don't belong here. Isn't it and funny that we were all feeling that exact same thing? I guarantee you, if you ask any of us on that call, <laughs> you know, we probably felt the same way because I can remember that specifically thinking that about you, my friend. <laughs> wow. I had no idea. Yeah. That was crazy. So wild. Well, first of all, weren't a makeup girl. And I think this is a perfect example of God's plans are always so much better than anything we could dream up. And when you were in that dark place, which thank you for sharing that, that is just, I know, step one of embracing probably one of the hardest times of your life, right? I know that there have been others, but I can't imagine going through that. But the fact that you so willingly shared those thoughts with us, and then such a short time later by reaching out to your husband. And right after that, this falls in your lap. Talk to us about the journey, not just from that initial financial impact, but how it started to shift in terms of the personal development and growth over the years. And I know it's been a slow build, but tell us about that journey. Yeah, I remember when I signed up, I had spiritual experience like mm. that I was going to do big things. I what? knew from the beginning signing up, I remember laying on my bed and just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so amazing. I'm going to be the top of the company. I just knew it was going to happen. And I would cry. I have no idea how to get there. I have two people under me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this, but I want to figure it out. And so I was literally a sponge and I just soaked up everything that I could. And first I was ignorance on fire, of mm. course doing all the things wrong, fire hosing and all that stuff. But I learned through that experience. And now I know how to help others on my team that do that. But I remember I told Sarah, my upline, I just called her and I would cry and I'd be like, this is so hard and I want to quit. But I know this is going to be amazing. And she just would always breathe positivity in me and be like, oh my gosh, you're going to be such a leader. She just would always just kind of feed that belief into me. And I just kept walking step by step, not into the dark, but I just put a lot of faith and trust. And I remember going back to that spiritual impression that I had that I needed to do this. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what's held me here this whole time is you go on the roller coaster of entrepreneurship or direct sales, most people do quit because it's hard. And when you hit those walls and go up and down that roller coaster, I would remind myself the bigger picture why I'm doing this. And I don't know what exactly that entails, but at the time I didn't know. And I just trusted. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be here. I'll just keep on keeping on. And I just want to do whatever training that at the time I could afford. I remember that's when I went to 
that first big network marketing thing in Vegas. You oh, there? GoPro? No, I Go never Pro. did, which is crazy. I can't remember what I had going on, but I missed it. GoPro. Yeah, I went to that. And that was just a couple of months after I signed up. I remember... Amanda and Sarah both being like, if you want to make it big, you got to go to these things. And I was like, well, I got to go. <laughs> I live very close to Vegas. So made it easy just to be able to drive down there. And yeah, that's what has been my guiding light. My North Star is that remembrance of that spiritual, you need to do this, you need to be here. And that has mm. held me here for the past four years through all the different trials that have tried to knock me over from the day I signed up until today. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love that you called it a guiding light. Cause I think anything, especially hard things, if we can just keep our eyes fixed on the Lord and his bigger purpose and his plan. And the fact that even though you couldn't see it, like you felt and you still feel that. And the fact that you've done it, I mean, what you've been able to do here is just amazing and so inspiring to so many people and I bet you probably still don't even probably don't even see it that way do you well I've just started to feel it since I've started opening up and sharing about my trauma that we've been going through as a family and that is when I feel like I started reaching people and now I feel like okay I think this is why I'm here and even someone on my Instagram when I posted someone she commented she's like Kelly, maybe this is why you've had such success in your business is so you can share this and help other people. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Oh my gosh, Kelly. Well, first of all, where can people follow you if they want to kind of follow more of your journey? I love to do this at the end, but in case I forget, what's your Instagram handle for people? My Instagram handle is just my name at Kelly Nordfelt. Perfect. Do you feel comfortable kind of sharing about some of the family stuff, like specifically with this Because I know that it's just, oh my gosh, it's been so inspiring to so many. Oh gosh, I'm sharing all of it. The stuff I've gone through with my daughter, she's given me permission to totally open up about. And just kind of a backstory, a couple years ago, my teenage son had a plan to kill himself. And luckily we had some friends of his call me and tell me, and we were able to intercept that and kind of navigate through that. And I was able to get through that time because I was enrolled in a course called Habit Finder. Mm-hmm. I remember. I was which, in it with you. Yeah, you were in it with me. And I remember when I first heard Alex and Paul speak, I had that spiritual impression mm-hmm. again, this is what you need to do. And I was like, this is what I got to do. I'm going to do it. And I had to do the monthly payment option. And it was just something that I knew I could not do. And the skills I learned from that just really helped me to kind of navigate. My son is doing really good now. The bigger thing that's been going on is literally a year ago this week, uh, we got a call from my daughter who's 18 now. And I didn't, my husband got a call. She was freaking out and she said, you have to come over here and don't tell mom. She knows I would freak out. Don't tell mom come over here. And when he got there, she was there with the police and she had been cited for drug possession. Mm -hmm. And she had given some to a friend who reacted badly and had to go to the hospital. And that's how we found out. And I remember my husband came home and my daughter was in the van and I was out walking the dog. And he drove past me and he's like, Kelly, you need to get in the car. We have to talk to you. And I was like, 
okay. And he's like, no, right now. And it looked really serious. And I got in the mm-hmm. car and we just went for a try. And mother's like, mom, just so you know, for the past couple months, I've been vaping weed and using. And she's like, yeah. So that's what I've been doing. And now for those listening, thinking, oh, weed, that's not bad. You know, marijuana is great. Well, just a little backstory and education, a joint that you roll up and smoke contains 7% THC. The stuff she was using that almost killed her friend contained 95% THC. (gasps) So it's as harmful as illicit drugs. And that's what teenagers are vaping. It's unregulated. It's not marked. She turned it in and they tested it. Well, because what happened was the parent of the person that had to go to the hospital called my daughter and said, what did you give my child? And my daughter was like, I actually don't even know. Oh gosh. She didn't even know. She didn't even know what she was using. And that was what was so scary because then when we got home and we went through this whole thing, she kind of, first of all, my husband and I were just completely in shock because our daughter would never do that. You know what I mean? She was raised in a Christ-centered home. My kids would never participate in stuff like that. My husband worked in drug prevention and now he's in health promotion and he's been educating schools and healthcare workers on the dangers of vaping and this unregulated THC that you can vape. It's killing people. Mm -hmm. And his own daughter was using it and she was using it in our house. It's odorless, it's tasteless. You cannot tell if someone is using it in your home. And she also had a bunch of candy that was laced with drugs. She didn't know what it was laced with. Oh, Kelly. Well, and I say that because two months prior to that, my nephew had passed away from a drug overdose. And so I was still kind of reeling from that pain because my sister had a baby in high school and I was the youngest. So we raised my nephew in our home till he was about five. So he was like a little brother. brother. Mm -hmm. He was like a little brother to me and watching his journey and getting addicted to drugs and alcohol and just watching him completely. He just went down a road he couldn't turn away from and his life ended. And that was so hard for me. And then two months later, I'm like, my daughter's literally on the same path. And my first thought was, nobody can know about this. I knew what I thought about parents who had kids that used. I didn't want my kids going over to their house. It was the parents' fault. They didn't raise their children. It was just, I have learned so many lessons. So yeah, that's kind of how everything got started. And then it was a roller coaster, kind of hit a huge climax this last January. This year, right? Yeah. So she had been caught her last June. And we really tried to help her. We got her into therapy. We tried to do, we're like, oh, this will help her. We just made a behavior contract with her. If you do this, this consequences will happen. And she did pretty good during the summer. She was able to stay sober. And then around Halloween, she started using again and she got caught. And we started testing her and she got caught in October. And at that point she was, I don't care if you catch me. I don't even want to live. So then we're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And my husband at the time said, we're going to have to put her into treatment. 
has like, we can't afford treatment and we can do this. We can help her. And we really couldn't. Then it just kind of got worse. And in January, on January 26th, I got a phone call from one of Kate's friends. Actually, it wasn't even a phone call. She messaged me on Instagram and she kind of started fire hosing me with all of this information. And I was so confused because she's like, hey, it's Caitlin. And then she started sending me all these screenshots and so I was like, is this Caitlin talking to me? Is this you? And this girl was like, no, it's Caitlin. I think she's going to kill herself today. She's using her code word. And then this girl proceeded to tell me she's been getting drunk every day. She's been stealing. She steals the alcohol from the store and she's getting high every day. And I didn't know about the alcohol. I wasn't surprised. All of that just kind of goes hand in hand. But this girl was just telling me everything. And so that was kind of overwhelming. But I remember being calm, mm. which was a huge blessing. And I know it was the Lord. And I know there were angels helping me that day. Because I called my husband. And I was like, I just got a phone call from this girl. Well, eventually I called that girl. And I said, and this is what's going on. And I like, can you help me? Because we couldn't find Kate. She'd left. She'd gone in her car. And I could track her on our, you know, I find my iPhone. Mm -hmm. I had screen time on her phone and I had her location. And so I could see she was driving in circles around town. So I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to be able to catch up to her. Well, that doesn't work because it refreshes and shows you where she is, but it lags in any way. And I called my neighbor frantic because my kids were starting to get home off the bus. And I called one of my trusted friends and I was like, this is what's going on with Caitlin. I need you. Can you grab all my kids from the bus stop? And she was like, yes, yes, yes. And I was like, I got to find her. And then I kept getting texts from other friends. Like, I'm worried about Kate. Is she home? Another friend, like, have you heard from Caitlin? And so finally, the main girl called me, put us all in a group chat. And we were like, let's find her. Has anybody found her? We were just kind of checking in with each other. And then I kept calling my daughter and she finally answered the phone. It'd been like an hour. And she was like, what? And I was like, sweetie, I just want you to come home. And she was like, why? I'm just such a pain for you. I know that I'm just, she was so low. And this girl that had called me had told Caitlin that she, sorry, I call her Caitlin and Kate mm -hmm. mixed. It's yeah, same person. She said, I told your mom everything. She knows everything. I'm sorry. I know you'll hate me, but she needs to know. And my daughter was so mad at that friend. Oh gosh. And I just called her and I said, please come home. I just want to talk to you. And I was calm. And I remember she did. She pulled up in the front yard and I went out to her car and she was shaking. She had her hands over the steering wheel and I opened the door and I said, sweetie, hand me your keys. This calm, hand me your keys. And I said, let's go inside. And so we had her sit down and I called my husband on FaceTime and my husband was a mess. He was wow. so mad. He was so mad. And we just asked my daughter, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep doing this, going down this road? And I said, said, your friend told me you wanted to die. And she's like, I want to die every day. And hindsight, the week before, our neighbor had taken their son into a detox hospital for youth here in town that I knew nothing about. And listen to this. 
this day, the Lord's hand was in the entire day. It's just amazing. So I was like, I called my neighbor and I said, tell me about the hospital. And I had no idea it even existed. And then I found out you need to get in with a doctor's permission. My best friend in town, her husband's an ER doctor, and he helped me with my son a couple years before. I sent him a text. I said, hey, just real short. My daughter's trying to end her life. She's drinking. She's using drugs. I need to get her into this detox hospital. Can you help me? He said, yes, let me make a phone call. Five minutes later, he said, she's good to go. Because normally you have to take your child to the ER. And then the ER has the hospital, like has to admit him. Oh gosh. So he's like, you can take her. And my daughter agreed to go. And I got on the phone with the detox hospital. And I was like, I need to bring her in. And this was all in a matter of an hour, which usually wow. takes much longer. And they're like, yeah, we got the doctor's clearance. You're good to bring her. And I was really calm. And I said, sweetie, we got to pack. I helped her pack. And then I was worried she'd try to jump out of the car or whatever when we got there. Oh but gosh. we got there. We took her into the detox hospital, got her checked in. She take out. She has a lot of earrings and jewelry. And she had to take all of that out. And then I took it home. And then that night was the first night I'd slept in months. And my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, she cannot come home for a long time. So I have a neighbor who's actually a therapist that works with teenage girls who are drug and alcohol addicts. Wow. So I give her a call and actually we had been having group sessions with my husband and her and Kate, we just didn't even know what to do. And so we started just talking to her. And then I called her and she said, you know, you might want to look into wilderness therapy for Kate because she turns 18. This was January. She's like, she turns 18 in April. It's a really hard reality. It's something you do in these kind of cases that really makes a lot of impact in a short amount of time. And I was like, oh my goodness, I cannot afford wilderness therapy. It's like tens of thousands of dollars. But I just listened to her and I was like, I don't even know where to look. How do I look up wilderness therapy? And I Googled it and there were hundreds, maybe even a thousand all over America. And it was just so overwhelming at this time because this was literally like a couple of days after we put her in and we weren't sleeping and just the nightmares and having to tell the kids where their sister is. Like I was literally living a nightmare. So we get her, I start thinking about this wilderness therapy. And then I was like, wait a second. We went to Pell two years ago with the guy who was a wilderness therapist for 10 years. Whoa. And I had his number in my phone. You're kidding. I'm not. His name's Ben. I text Ben and I was like, tell me more about wilderness therapy. And we got on the phone and we talked to him for an hour. He was so helpful. And he's like, there's actually a wilderness therapy place in town right by you that I know the owner and I can put in a word for you. He's like, there's usually a long wait list with COVID. Teenagers have kind of gone crazy. And these people, he just made it sound like it's going to be hard to get her in soon because she only had a week left in the detox hospital. The detox hospital mm. just stabilizes a person and gets them sober and it doesn't help with anything but that so she needed treatment anyway so ben was like 
I'm going to text the owner of that place and just apply. And I don't know if I can help much. It's like, okay. So I look up that place and the person over admissions is a girl that used to work with my husband. <laughs> oh my God. And I had her number in my phone too. What? This is all happening within 12 hours. And I oh, was like, my goodness. oh my gosh. And so I text that girl. I need to get my daughter into wilderness therapy. Can you help me? It was at night. She called me on the phone. We talked for an hour and a half. I told her Caitlin's history, drug use, alcohol, stealing from the store. She was driving around drunk. She was driving around high. She had, because she was caught with possession of drugs and gave to a friend who had to go to the hospital. Like she had uh, not juvenile. What is it? She had to go to juvenile court. I guess that's what it is. And she had to serve time there. So she had all these things against her that made her a prime candidate to get into this wilderness therapy. Wow. And so this girl I was talking to on Sunday night, she was like, fill out the application. I'm sure she'll get in. So I filled it out. And that next morning she was accepted. Wow. Um, yes. And then it was kind of overwhelming because the price tag was about $650 a day. A day? A day. But we're just like, we're going to figure it out. And girl's like, okay, I want you to apply for this scholarship. I want you to contact Ugh. this company for this scholarship. So she started leading us in all these directions of all these places that would help with financial assistance because we have a pretty good income, but most people that send their kids there are extremely wealthy. Mm and have no issues. And not a lot of people utilize their financial aid. So she's like, we'll be able to help you. I promise. Wow. So we filled out all that stuff and we got a discounted rate of almost half of that cost per day. And then we got a grant through a company called Sky's the Limit, which has been an amazing resource. They gave us the grant of $4,000. And this is the day... We had to take her in. We had to have about $16,000 in cash. And oh my, my husband, gosh. no, listen to this. My husband, he works for the health department, but he also buys and sells vehicles and toys, like razors, four-wheel drive machines, and he sells things on the side for fun for him and for a supplement income. And the day before we had to turn her in, he had to sell and the amount that he got from the car was the amount that we needed to have. Are you kidding me? No, it was literally off only by a couple hundred dollars. The 16,000, whatever, I don't remember how much he had just put that in the bank. And oh, so when we turned her in, we were just looking back at this time where we couldn't really function. And we just saw the Lord's hand over and over and over and over again, just really carrying us through this time and getting her to that place. And I just remember we both cried. We're like, wow, this is where she's supposed to be. And it was just such a huge blessing. So that was what January looks like for us. Mm. Wow, Kelly. I knew, I guess, basics of this, but hearing it from your heart and hearing just, I honestly, as a mom myself and my oldest is just turned 12 and I know she's already being tempted with some of those things and just what's out there. I mean, these challenges that kids are having to go through these days, is nothing like what you and I had to go through. 
And I mean, that was pretty tough. And I mean, I was making some not so good choices, not so much when I was her age, but certainly when I was Kate's age. And to think about the perspective of what you've had to go through as a mama. And then also just to see how the Lord showed up in that way, especially in the peace that you had and knowing you as well as I know you, because I know that you can get like we all can like stressed about something like that. So for you to remain peaceful and also to show her the love and the grace that you did at that time, I guarantee you that made all the difference for her to trust you as opposed to even if Kai was obviously understandably angry, it sounds like your peace and your presence in that moment had to have made a huge impact on her trusting you to get her the help that she needed. She actually told me that. She said she would not have been willing to go to the detox if I had been yelling and screaming at her. Wow. But you know when you get a general and rush or as spouses, when the other person can't really give anything, there's just something, you know, we both give 100%, but when he can't give 100%, I have to take. That day I had to give 200%. My husband, he didn't want to even come home. He was like, I can't, well, he couldn't. He had a meeting, but he didn't even want to see her. He was so angry because she'd just been consistently lying to our faces, which mm-hmm. anyway, so she said, if I hadn't been so calm, wow. she wouldn't have come. So then she went into wilderness therapy and it was the best thing we could have ever done for her. If you're not sure what wilderness therapy is, you should Google it, but it's, Basically, everything is completely stripped away from you. When she was there, she couldn't even leave with her own clothes. They give her all of her own stuff and they take you out to the mountains and you literally hike about 20 miles a week. And the first four weeks she was out there, she didn't even have a pillow. You just have a sleeping bag and you have a tarp and you don't set up camp. You just sleep under the stars. You lay out your stuff. You wake up. You eat and you eat. It's a very clean diet. There's no sugar, tons of water. And it's just hard work every single day. And that saved her. So while she was there, when she was first there, obviously people had noticed that she was gone. And I didn't know what to tell people because I was embarrassed. My husband was totally embarrassed. He's like, I try to teach people the dangers about this and my own kid was using it in my home and we didn't even know. And I started thinking and I was like, you know what? There's probably so many parents that have no idea this is going on in their home because our daughter really showed not a lot of the signs, the typical signs of someone who is abusing alcohol and drugs. She still had very great grades. She was always very dedicated in school She was a high-functioning addict. She was actually happier. We didn't know, but there were a couple of times she was drunk around us. And we were just like, she's doing so much better. Like, this is great. But then we found out she was actually drunk. And the whole reason why she started doing this is she was self-medicating for her anxiety and her depression. And we couldn't find anything that works. Wow. And then we finally learned about this thing. You can get a DNA test. The one by us is called Prescription Match, and it tells you exactly what your body can metabolize. And her body hardly metabolized any medicines. Like the past three that we had tried, she was literally, she was just peeing it out. Her body wasn't even metabolizing it. And then we also learned she had the MTHFR gene deficiency, and that makes it even hotter for your body to metabolize because your body doesn't make enough folic acid. And then since then, I've been able to take all of my 
kids and myself and my husband, we've all got that test. We all have that deficiency. So our bodies don't metabolize vitamins and all this stuff without supplement called L-methylfolate. Anyway, we could talk about that all day. So what I learned with her being gone. So this past year, the first when she was home, I was not in denial that she was using, but I didn't talk about it. And I buried myself in my business as a coping mechanism for me. Mm. And I did really well. But I came to a breaking point, lie after lie and failed drug test after failed drug test. And then finally taking her to the wilderness and all of that, I was suddenly faced with all my flaws as a parent. And then my husband and I started like, this is my fault. I'm a bad parent. What did I do wrong? And it just ate at me. And then I literally came to a place where I was praying and I've always heard Jesus take the will or, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. but I never understood what that meant. And I really prayed. I was not functioning. And I was like, Lord, I cannot handle this. I cannot. I have four other kids. I have a husband who's not really functioning. I have to be functionable. You have to take this from me. And I felt this huge relief and I have never experienced that before. And I was able to separate what my daughter was doing from me. I am not a bad parent. I did teach her all. She knows right from wrong. She has agency and I needed to give myself grace. So I have learned a whole bunch about grace and just, really giving things over to the Lord. So then my daughter, she came home and with her permission, she's like, yeah, I want to help people. And I was like, are you okay if I like talk about this? And she's like, yeah, yeah, you can. So she gave me permission to share whatever. So she's been home for just about a month and I have started sharing just whatever comes to my heart, everything that has been bottled up for years. And It feels so good. And I've had people reach out to me, even in my church, in my community. They're like, my kid's going through that. Thank you for posting about that. And I got a message this morning. And I actually, I shared with you. I didn't share with you who sent it, but just that message. Thank you for sharing my story, your story. This is what's going on in my life. I'm so glad I'm not alone. When I joined Saint our business. She's like, I had no idea that I would find somebody that would inspire me and help me through this hard trial. That's not anything that I knew that I was signing up for. And messages like that and being able to share on social media, you know, I have a reel that almost has 200,000 views and it's just about suicide prevention. I just was a voiceover and my daughter's like, mom, that is so cheesy. I'm like, I don't care. People need to hear it. It just says, Don't stay quiet. If your friend tells you they're going to hurt themselves, even if they joke about it, you need to tell a trusted adult. Like you have to let some people out. My daughter on January 26th was driving to the freeway and she was going to run out in front of the cars and kill herself. And her friend called me in time to call her and I was able to speak calmly to her. She turned around and eventually came home. So that friend saved my daughter's life. And so through all of this, I'm learning suicide prevention tips. I'm wanting to share what we've learned as parents, like signs that our daughter was using. 
one of the things I really am trying to teach women or parents is you have to stop being ignorant and thinking your kid won't do something because I even have, who was it? I don't remember. There's just parents, you know, if you try to tell them, oh, by the way, I heard this about your kid, they justify it. And like, oh, my kid wouldn't do that. Like that's one of the most dangerous things you can do is say my kid won't do blank. Mm-hmm. You need to be humble enough to open up and realize that it could happen to anybody. And I just want to teach people what we've learned, how we've coped. And I've got messages saying, thank you about talking about problems with teenagers. We hear all the time about problems with toddlers, like diaper hats or like (laughs) cleanup hats. You know what I mean? Yes. You hear all these things and women love it. They're like, thank you. There are not resources that talk about the problems with teenagers. Because what I've learned is that when you share problems with teenagers, that makes you look like a bad parent. Mm. You can't say, oh, my kid uses because inside that's like your fault. That's what I used to think. I can't share about this because people will think it's my fault. So that's my mission now is it's not your fault. You need to be aware of the signs and you need to get your child help and not sweep it under the rug. Wow, Kelly, holy moly. The craziest thing about this is watching your story unfold and even just in the back and forth text messaging, getting ready for this and then seeing you today. And obviously I've known you for a long time, but it's been so amazing to watch this story continue to unfold as I know that it will. But I think the tying factor is, is God's got this. Even when you don't, his plans, again, his people, the people that he connected to years ago, people you vacationed with, I know you and Sarah, for example, y'all were friends like back in college, right? Your mentor or our mentor, right? Which y'all will get to meet Sarah too. Her episode's going to be coming up soon. So can't wait for y'all to get to get to know her. But just to think about the people that the Lord placed in your life and will continue to place in your life. And then now look how many people's lives you're being placed in, right? The people that might not have ever been through something like this yet. I mean, I think all of us, I think I can speak this pretty much anybody that's listening, I guarantee you, we all know someone in our family that's close with us that struggles with addiction. And it certainly, if not addiction to drugs and alcohol, certainly anxiety, depression. I mean, it's so prevalent, especially in these times. But even if it's something that we're not going through now, the stories and just the inspiration that you're planting because of the impact that you've been able to make through your business Kelly, there's no telling how many people you're going to be that person for, that the Lord is going to use you as that seed for hope, that seed for help, for those answers of what's possible here. But ultimately, just looking and listening to your story and seeing how the tying factor was just your faith in Him that I'm sure started, like you said, at a very young age, right? I mean, you grew up in that Christian home, and I'm sure your mama even probably felt the same way, like, she could know that you were struggling in some of those ways along the way, like her heart would have been broken and you would want her to know, right? That that's not her fault. And yet, anyway, I'm so in awe of you, Kelly. And I'm just so grateful for that shift in perspective of wanting to keep it hidden to now bringing it into the light because I know it already has made an impact and I can't even think about the impact that it's going to make in the future. So thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing. You're welcome. I do say one last thing. I was listening to a podcast of Bob Heilig. He was interviewing someone who had gone through trauma, like sexual trauma, and then was Mm -hmm. in a plane crash. 
and he shared her live story and I listened to it and I was just crying. It was actually just this last weekend when we were driving home and he said, shining a light on your trauma helps you to get over it, but it also helps other people and nobody is going to believe in your success until they believe your pain. And that hit me so hard because I was just, pain is a universal language. Everybody goes through hard stuff. Not enough people share the hard stuff, but everybody secretly deals with hard stuff. And I just feel really strongly that I need to share that I'm not perfect. And I'm learning to navigate through hard things, through a variety of resources and ultimately God who has carried me. You know the poem, Footsteps in the Sand? Yes. Yes. I, for the first time in my life, understand that part where there's only one set of footprints because the Lord has been carrying me and my family this past year. And it's been an incredible, hard, but beautiful experience. Oh my gosh. Kelly, we're going to have to share that poem in the show notes too, along with some of the resources that you've talked about, like that wilderness, the program, and gosh, the people, when I think about that, all being interconnected. That's unbelievable. So any resources that you can send to me that could be helpful for somebody who might be going through this, or again, that down the road might be in that same spiral where you were, where you're like, there's so many choices. There's so much out there. Where do I even start? And then that quiet voice inside them says, wait a minute, didn't Heather and Kelly talk? Didn't I listen to a podcast one time where they talked about this? And then it's just those little simple things where you never know what lives could be saved from just sharing your experience. Oh gosh, my heart is just, it's so full, but so heavy at the same time. I think thinking about all of the people who I know are going through hard things, like you said out there, and it's just my prayer. I'm about to get emotional, but it's just my prayer that they can be inspired that really the ticket and the key to all of it is just looking to that guiding light that you talked about, looking to the Lord, right? And for anybody that doesn't or hasn't ever done that before, if you are going through a hard thing like this, I mean, would you agree, Kelly, that you can't see how you could have gotten through this on your own, right? No, I never could have gotten through it on my own. That's unbelievable. And to think about the people around us that this business brings, right? Like, I'm just so grateful to have met you in this journey. And I can't wait to see you and celebrate your birthday and hug your neck. Actually, I think I get to see you twice, right? Or this summer. (laughs) It's just going to be so exciting. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh gosh, that is going to be so fun. So definitely follow both of us on Instagram so that you can learn more about Kelly and Caitlin's journey too. And tell Caitlin, thank you so much for shining a light on the hard things that she's been through too, because I know that that it can't be easy for her, but the fact that even she at that young age of 18 can see that her story is going to impact and potentially save the lives of who knows how many by just being vulnerable and transparent, give her a big hug and a big thank you for anybody, for all of us that are listening. I will. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, Kelly, I love you so much. Thank you for sharing this today and can't wait to follow along your story. Like I said, I know it's just still developing, but can't wait to hug your neck soon. Thank you again. Thank you. What an honor. It felt great. Good. Yay. (laughs) We all have a great week. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode and make sure to share with a friend. I'd also be forever grateful if you'd be willing to leave me a review over on iTunes. And don't forget to check out heatherkburge.com for lots more info. Have a great week.